I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. The season of Eastertide is a great 50-day feast and one of the most celebratory times of the year. And I have to say, my waistline may think that it may be taking this a little too seriously. Why, well, you may ask, why 50 days? Well, um, the great 50 days that we are currently in begins at Easter and ends at Pentecost to mark the 40 days Jesus spent on earth and the reception of the Holy Spirit 10 days later. It is meant to be a long period of feasting after our long period of fasting in Lent. It is a celebration of the resurrected Christ and everything that that means, leading us to the launching of the church and the mission given to us at Pentecost. During this time, Luke tells us in the Acts of the Apostles, Jesus presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs and speaking about the kingdom of God. So I always take this time to lean in and listen a little more to see what Jesus may be telling me here. The fourth Sunday in Easter is also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. In all three lectionary years, A, B, and C, we read the Good Shepherd monologue in the 10th chapter of John. It is no doubt a complicated passage in that Jesus identifies himself as being the Good Shepherd, the gatekeeper, and even a gate to the sheepfold. And it would be that theme of John, and it would be the theme of John's entire gospel is that Jesus was the Logos, or God's word made flesh to dwell among us. And so it could be argued, and indeed it should be, that Jesus knew as much about being one of the sheep of God's pasture as any one of us. Yet understanding this passage is made even more difficult because we chop the 10th chapter of John into three pieces to be read on each of the three years. If that is not all confusing enough, shepherd, gatekeeper, gate, sheep, and being chopped up over three years, try this one on for size. One biblical commenter says, quote, this passage is theological, Christological, soteriological, eschatological, ecclesiological, and a solid Christian ethical framework. Woof. <laughs> I'm a seminarian, and maybe I can blame it on it being the end of the year, but even I don't want to unpack that sentence. <laughs> to make matters even more confusing, when the Bible uses the term shepherd, it not, it not only refers to spiritual leadership, but it often refers to political meaning as well. The political leaders of Israel and the rulers of occupying nations such as Babylon and Rome are often framed as being wicked or bad shepherds. And by our Lord's own words today, they are identified as thieves and bandits. And much as we like to pretend our whitewashed Lord Jesus was meek and mild, laying in a manger all 30-plus years of his life, he really did have some rather startling political things to say and do in his later years, and as the gospel writers journey with him along the way to the cross, the grave, and the resurrection. Because of the way the passage is edited today, we miss one crucial assertion of Jesus in verse 15. 
I have other sheep that are not of this fold. The church is always haunted by the notion that perhaps one can be of God and not be of the church. But that verse, which is not included in today's reading, may be the most important one for us to reflect upon and embody and make our own. God has other sheep and will and does provide for them as God does and will provide for us. In fact, we can really embrace that singular notion, and it strikes me as impossible for us to claim what is at the heart of the gospel, that Jesus comes so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Now, I'm not suggesting that all of this provision is some sort of marketing scheme that should suggest that if we pray and pray and pray and pray, we will get everything that we want. Because it turns out that Jesus agrees that we should, in fact, learn to live with just what we need. What we want and what we need are two entirely different realms of abundance. Until we get that piece sorted, we will read and reread on our first lesson from the books of, book of Acts of the Apostles and continually be baffled. In today's reading in Acts, in the second chapter, the early believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. We read that all things were redistributed to any as they had need. They spent much time together and in the temple, and day by day by day, God added to their numbers. So why did people flock to this early church community? I mean, they provide a fairly compelling case. They shared everything with one another, including the valuable commodity of all, time. They spent as much time together as possible. Isn't it amazing? We find it nearly impossible to find the time to spend an hour or two once a week with one another, whereas they spent much time together. This morning, I think there are two things that we need to stop and consider here. We tend to say to ourselves, well, things were much simpler back then. I don't necessarily know if that's accurate. Um, consider that if you spent much time with other Christians, the good and civilized people of the Roman Empire would hunt you down, lock you up, and send you to the lions or gladiators to toy with. And if you've lived in close proximity with five to ten people, say, I don't know, in seminary housing, uh, where, people, where people who hold all things in common, I can tell you that it is no simple matter to sort out other people's needs and share time, talents, and treasures accordingly. The second thing we need to think about is, the, is that the abundance promised consistently and consists primarily of time shared with others, not an abundance of things. As Jesus asserts time and time again, spending all of our time on the acquisition, acclamation, and consumption of things leaves precious little time for fellowship, relationship, and community. The world of acquisition, accumulation, and consumption is a lonely life and an isolated one, where we spend a lot of time building and filling barns and self-storage lockers with more and more stuff. There is no time for fellowship, relationship, and community 
in such a scheme, let alone to make, let enough time to make room for the Lord to add to our number. God sent Jesus to help us to understand all of this. God sent Jesus to deliver this news. God sent Jesus to call into community people who want to live this way. People who want to know God's love and care for them in this way. We all want to be those people who come in and go out because we trust our shepherd. We all want to experience that kind of freedom. We all want to experience the kind of care and protection described by Jesus and by Luke in the book of Acts. Jesus is the one who promises this kind of protection to all who desire to be part of his flock. But all of this hinges on the stewardship of our time and resources. We are to become those people who spend much time with one another in the temple. We are to become the kind of people who read the Bible, take communion, and pray together. Not alone, not by ourselves, but in community, fellowship, and relationship with God, and in Christ, and in relationship with one another. So I wonder today, what is it that God is calling this community into? Who are the people or what are the areas in which God is calling you to lean into? What role can you as an individual play in building the beloved community that is St. Michael's? As I reflect on my time with you all, I cannot help but be grateful for each of you in the year that we've had together. I would need the next several hours to give you the litany of ways you have all welcomed me into this fold. Each of you has made a lasting impact on me and my future ministry, and I will carry each of you with me as I leave this place today. There is so much goodness here. You just have to be willing to lean in and trust that the Spirit is working. I've said it before and I will say it again. God is moving in this parish. I believe this with every fiber of my being that each of you brings something to the table. So lean in, listen, and pray because God is ready to take you and St. Michael's to places you never dreamed possible. The good news today and every day, St. Michael's, is that our God wants us to experience an abundance of all that really matters in our lives. Our God wants to take care of all of our needs. Our God has supplied us with a particular care for all our needs by giving and sharing of gifts in community. When people see us living in this way and sees you all living in this way, the Lord will indeed add to your number day by day, by day. Amen. Amen.